Welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a 7th Heaven podcast. I'm your co-host, Lady J. And your other co-host, T. T, how are you? I'm, I'm doing real good after I had this wine. This wine. This wine. <laughs> it's so good, it just warms me up. Oh, that sounds, that sounds real good, T. Real good. <laughs> <gasps> well, it is real good. Tell me, what is this wine that we're having? We are having a unruly cabernet. I love how we're both holding it and like we're showcasing yeah, it. Yeah, we're on QVC or something. But <laughs> 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 really, it's just an excuse to bring it closer to our lips. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. It's been a while since we've cheers. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Someone should keep track of how many times we've sang that song or just that line. Mm. It's been a while mm-hmm. since I was... I don't even know the rest of that. I legitimately don't know how the rest of that line goes. It's like the sun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, we're singing that shit live. <laughs> Ooh. Challenge accepted. Oh, Robbie, old boy. Yo, seriously. Oh, Robbie, old boy. Horrible. Oh, let's talk about Crazy Matt. But what episode are we on? Oh my god. Fucking Crazy Matt on episode 517 titled Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. What is that? I don't know. It's just... Crazy for you. All right, Adele. Was that Adele? Yep. Oh, that was not what I thought it was. In my mind, I think I was singing Patsy Cline's Crazy. <laughs> you were definitely singing Adele's Crazy for you. I know. <clears throat> Don't you know not to make me laugh? <laughs> I mean, I'm not that funny, but I try. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. 517, crazy. Mm-hmm. The Amazon Prime spoily is Matt fears a therapist will reveal his inability to succeed as a doctor. Okay. I mean, as far as spoilies go, Not that's bad. a good one. Yeah. That's a decent one. So, <laughs> I guess we have to talk about it. Can I just rate this episode from now? <laughs> Can we? I Honestly, I'm on the same page. <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two? Yes. <laughs> yes. A hard yes. Hard two. Yeah. It's. Kind of the worst. I was waiting for this episode to finish. Like as Me too. Oh my god. I found myself being so distracted the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't even care enough to like when I realized I was tuned out to like go back, back. and listen. I was like, whatever. He's talking to the dude. I don't care. <laughs> the holy man. Doc. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, can I call you Doc? No, what does he say? Whatever. But funny story. So the actor that's playing Doc, Ron Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Do you know who do you know who he is? The only thing I know him as he was in Hellboy or something like that. Oh, was he? Okay, what else is he in? He was the he was a producer on Seventh Heaven in the first two seasons. That's that guy? 
that's that guy. That's the... Because... Yes. Because whenever I saw Ron Zimmerman, I was like, I know that name. Yes, exactly. He was a producer for several se- for a couple of seasons of Seventh Heaven, and then he went on to other things. Okay. But they brought him back as an actor for this. And spoiler alert, this ain't his last episode. Oh, shit. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes, my no. friend. This is not the last we're seeing of Doc. Look, everything that Doc said, <laughs> nothing was bad, but it was just annoying. It was just, like, pretentious. And, like, yes. honestly, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm playing a therapist. Okay, except for, I will say this. At some point, Doc gets all, like, Eckhart Tolle on us. And I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Just observe that conflict and know that the one doing the observing is the real you. Stay awake, stay observant, stay removed. Right? Yeah. I mean, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And then also where Matt and him are talking at that food place. Yeah. On the one hand, you want to be different. On the other hand, you'd prefer everyone else to be different. You want what you want, yet you strive to please other people. You're split. Straight down the middle, one side battling against the other. Total conflict. Matt, you're a complete mess. Just like every other human being on Earth. But I can change. Or they can change. Every other person on Earth? Why not? (laughs) I'd appreciated that. Yeah, why not? But... Why is everyone taking a long time to deliver their lines? I don't know. He fucking makes a meal out of everything he says. Yeah. And it's very annoying. Yeah. Or, like, he can be giving you, like, something that you would maybe like to listen to. But by the time he delivers it, you just forget what you were listening to. I know. It's Like, imagine this guy giving a TED Talk. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking... Kill me. I'd read a transcript before I'd watch it. <laughs> no, thank you, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just okay. So let's break it down. <laughs> We've played a bunch of clips with like zero context. Um, no, I think it's enough. <laughs> you're right. Moving on. <laughs> um, so Matt, okay, and I got to talk about this. So Matt has to do a psych evaluation mm-hmm. as part of his medical school application. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I, and I heard that, and I was like, what? And so I texted my cousins, who are all, like, med school grads and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, hey, so is the psych evaluation part of a med school application? And one of my cousins responded, it should be, but it isn't. <laughs> it should be, but it isn't. Best response. But which means, like, this is bullshit. Like, it's not even based on reality, which is bonkers. Like, like, if you want to have Matt see a therapist, just have him see a therapist. Why make up the extra layer of, like, oh, it's part of the med school application? And he's freaked out about it because he doesn't want people to know his sordid life details or whatever the fuck. Like, what the hell is any of that about? Yeah. When, especially when we know Matt, what sordid life details? We've seen every moment of your life thus yeah. far. And, like, you're just a dude. Who gives a shit? And certifiably crazy. Like, he's crazy. I mean, yeah, whatever. Especially <laughs> this season. 
His hair is fucking trash. Like, I don't... What is happening? It's only the hair that bothers no, you? No, no. He is crazy. He doesn't know if a wallet's a wallet. Okay, I know that. <laughs> he, I know he's crazy. Oh, Robbie, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what the fuck is happening with this hair? And he even talks about it in this episode. Because Doc's all like, what's with the hair? Yeah. And he's all, it's a style. Yeah. He's like... Is it dirty? And he's like, no, there's just, just there's just product in it to make it, it look dirty. dirty. <laughs> no, Ugh. I know. And turtlenecks, a lot of them. But he's always worn turtlenecks. That's not that's not new. I know. He's always worn like big clothes that are like bulky on him. It's just so funny. I'm like, what is it with the turtlenecks and this haircut? I don't like it. You know what it is? I think I just expect Matt to be like cut, cause like. Because, like, you know, he's a he's a WB star and he's a boy and all that shit, yeah. you know? But he's not, because we've seen him without a shirt and he's yeah. not cut. Yeah. But, so, it's funny to me that, like, to compensate for that, they just put him in, like, the biggest, baggiest clothes ever. Like, he could just wear a t-shirt and he'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he has to do this eval. He's like freaked out about it. He doesn't want anyone to like look at him under this microscope or whatever. He talks to Mike about it. Who? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Mike's back. Mike's back. And Mike's like, relax. It's gonna be fine. So he goes and sits down and starts talking to this guy. And they start. You know, he starts unraveling himself and like revealing himself. And at some point, they leave the hospital. They go to this cafe and they spend the entire day together, only to find out. That he's not the therapist. No, nope. <laughs> he's just a guy, a former patient, I guess, of the hospital, mm-hmm. who um, was diagnosed so something terminal. Yeah, like I think they gave him also like what, like twelve weeks? Or yeah, something like but that? like, but of what though? I don't know what he had. I don't know either. But and he just he turned like he basically turned that frown upside down, mm-hmm. and instead of like dwelling on his prognosis and like how little time he had left. He just devoted his life and his time and his effort to, like, helping people and, like, being there for people mm-hmm. and, like, holding up a mirror to people for themselves or for their own sake and for their own good and yeah. stuff, you know? Um, and, and they, like, they, like, the whole time they try to play it off, like, like, Matt doesn't know and he's been conned. But then we find out that Matt knew all along, or yeah. at least like halfway through their yeah. session, like he, like the guy came clean or whatever, mm-hmm. and he just stuck with him anyway because he realized that like the guy has like real wisdom and yeah. like good advice to give him and good conversation. So yeah. why would he cut it off? Which I don't disagree with. Like I, I do think that like Doc was good for Matt. Yeah. In whatever time they spent together, it seems like Matt came away from it with more like. Like, with more clarity mm-hmm. in, like, his purpose, in the fact that he does want to become a doctor, yeah. and that, like, that he knows what good he can do and mm-hmm. everything. Like, I think Doc really helped him um, come to terms with that. Yeah. We also found out that Matt is third in his class. Yeah. Which, like, I did not see that coming I didn't at either. All. No, same. When he's batshit crazy, but apparently he's third and in like, his class. Yeah, apparently he's really doing well, so he actually does have a good chance of getting into medical school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. He's like, that's that's not in my, pa- in my file. Yeah, that's right here. <laughs> and then at the 
end, he's actually talking to the real therapist. Yeah. And the therapist is like, I love Doc. I'm glad you talked to Doc. Yeah. I'm like, all good, man. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Giving his piece of wisdom of what he's learned and how, you know, he. Re- I'm enthusiastic. <clears throat> Enthusiasm is the key to life. Yeah. Which is not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong, but when Seventh Heaven says it, I just don't like it. I know. It's like comes off like the worst. Like, yeah. ew, get away from me. <laughs> exactly. You're like, you're saying all the right things. I just uh. don't like who's giving me the message. I know. <laughs> I'm on the same page. Like, they could literally say, like, puppies are adorable, and it'd be like, ew, puppies. <laughs> ew, puppies. Ew. Ew, puppies are the worst. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, so like, that's Matt. You covered Matt and he's a big chunk of the episode. That's like, yeah. In fact, it's so much a big chunk of the episode that there are literal, that first scene of him and Doc literally goes on, I counted, for seven minutes unbroken. Seven unbroken minutes of Matt and Doc talking. Yeah, and it's like, should I sit down? I don't know. Should you? Like, um... Would it be advisable for me to get another therapist? Yes, it would. Like, oh my God, kill me now. It's the worst. And I know Doc says some great things, and we can totally talk about it. But I don't want to. Well, I mean, we kind of sort of already talked about it. Like, I, I guess the best parts, right? There's and that, you play the clips. I do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I got to say, I really do like that moment of like, when, as, as Matt's dropping him off, when he gets all totally honest about mm-hmm. like, be removed the th- like the thing that's doing the observing that's the real you yeah i really appreciate that because yeah. i feel like that's like true enlightenment mm-hmm. you know like if we want to get if we want to go there like yeah. like what doc is talking about and what he's advocating for is like true zen like yeah oneness of self you know and like and like letting it all go because none of it else, like none of the other shit matters mm-hmm. and like and like coming to terms with your split self and all that stuff. Like, yeah. It's valid shit. It's just like, it's just weird and like uncomfortable to like watch these like extreme close ups of Matt's face and then Doc's face. And yeah. like, and he's just talking nonstop for minutes at a time and it, there's nothing breaking it up and it's hard to pay attention. And, and especially now that we've learned that this evaluation is such bullshit. Exactly. And we learned that so early on that it makes you really like tune everything out because you're like, well, Matt's just being conned. So clearly this guy's just a crazy dude. Yeah. It would have been better if they, if they showed us the moment when Matt learns that he's not who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, if we, the audience, could have been along for the ride, yeah, and it was just Eric that thought that he that he got conned, mm-hmm. that would have paid off better, I think. I think so for everybody, including the audience. We'll never know. No, because Brenda Hampton done made a decision, <laughs> and what she says goes. Although I would say though, so she wrote the story, but not the teleplay. Mm. The Olsen twins got the credit. The Olsen twins. <laughs> I don't know what the Olsons, Jeff and Chris, got yeah. credit for the teleplay, but she gets credit for the story. So, mm. so details like seven minutes of nonstop, I don't know who that goes to. Mm. <laughs> who wants that award? <laughs> um, okay. So that's Matt. I feel like maybe we should talk about Ruthie. Okay. Um, so... Ruthie is being called to the principal's office 
Because, well, the principal wants to talk to Ruthie and her parents. Yeah. But she gets Ruthie and Robbie instead. Because mm-hmm. Annie's busy with the twins. And Eric is off doing uh. Eric things. Oh, Eric's doing the thing at the hospital, which we'll get to. Yeah. I was like, what is Eric doing? Eric oh, yeah. things. No, <laughs> you're not off. Eric things. Yeah, yeah. totally. I'm right. <clears throat> so, so Ruthie and Robbie are sitting with the principal and... Um, Ruthie has been missing homeroom for the last, I don't know how long, but she won't tell anybody what she's been doing for those 30 minutes or where she's been or mm-hmm. who she's with or whatever. And, and she just insists that, that she, she can't talk about it. She doesn't want to talk about it because someone will get hurt. And she knows in her heart that she's doing the right thing. And yeah. if she could just be excused for homeroom for the next unforeseeable however many times, yeah. like, it'll everything will be fine. And she's not doing anything illegal. And everything is, like, she knows this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of sort of nobody wants to trust or believe her. Yeah. Until Robbie sort of stands up for her and, like, says the same thing to Miss McCool. And Miss McCool's like, all right. And then Annie wants to know, but... Ruthie is like adamant that like I'm I can't tell you and Robbie like sticks up for her yeah and um and so she 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 ends up sort of quote unquote getting away with like not telling anybody yeah she does get away with it which it's so stupid though because I knew exactly what it was the minute they brought it up and I was like why can't she tell somebody it's not like she's doing anything basically she's been helping this classmate of hers because this classmate um her mom like lost her job or whatever and they've been struggling financially and Mm -hmm. ruthie's just been like bringing her food in the mornings so that she doesn't starve Mm -hmm. and so like why wouldn't you tell somebody about that like to get them help like you know like no one's gonna get in trouble it's not anyone's fault that the mom lost her job like you know yeah it's not anyone's fault but I don't know. I don't know, because, like, <clears throat> it's not the mom's fault, but what if, like, school made it a big deal? What if the principal did? Your daughter's not eating? You get what I'm saying? What if? And, like, I guess, like, maybe CPS gets involved or whatever. Anything's possible. But why? But but maybe that's the right thing. I mean, again, I'm not saying yes or no one way or the other, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm Ruthie, like, giving this kid food once a day is not solving her problem either. You know? It's not. She, you know the lessons that Annie gave to Simon and Lucy in the previous episode? Like, let them... Be responsible. Yeah. Make your choices and live with them kind of thing. Ruthie made full choices and full... Like, she takes on full responsibility here. And demand... Not demands, but respectively asks her parents, even Robbie, to not get involved. She confesses to Robbie. It's true. It's true. And I just think that it's different when you're dealing with, like, a child who, whose basic needs are not being met. Yeah, I know, I know. Which is, again, all these things are kind of funny because we've seen them get involved with families like this. We've seen situations yeah. like this and they get involved. But for some odd reason, they trust Ruthie's character and she's so <laughs> strong-willed that... Yes, my daughter can make that choice. I know, and she drops the line of, like, my head and my heart are telling me not to tell anybody about this. Yeah. And we're supposed to be like, well, then it must be real, (laughs) you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. 
And she does say the girl, which goes nameless, I think. I don't know whether she has a name. But, like, yeah, that remember. girl does say when Ruthie brings her that last sandwich that we see her bring her, mm-hmm. um, she says that, like, her mom's going to get paid finally and, like, yeah. you know, use that money towards, like, getting groceries or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're supposed to take from that, like, oh, the crisis is over and, like, Ruthie helped for as long as she needed to and everything's yeah. fine. I don't know. <laughs> I... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the fine line is of when to get involved or not involved. I know. And, and the show made it clear why, like, they shouldn't get involved because it was a week of her going hungry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was There's a no long term effect. No, here. it's not months. Yeah, no, it's not weeks. It's one week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is this is where the show like infuriates me because it's like the world you've set up, the rules of this world that you've set up are that the Camerons are always going to help and are always going to get involved mm-hmm. and like meddle in other people's lives, which we might not like, but if that's the rules of the universe that you've set up, stick to them. Yeah. Like you can't just pick and choose when you want to do that and for whoever the storyline you're supporting is. And with Ruthie, like they trust her instinct. They trust her gut. Yeah. They let her go with her gut. Yeah. Which which we've already seen they don't let Simon do. They don't. And and Lucy, they hit or miss. Like, it's a hit or miss. They kind of wait for Lucy to wake up. Yeah. That's the difference with yeah. Lucy. But with Simon. Like, like, like they know she's going down a wrong path, but rather than like tell her, they let her find her own way back. Yeah. But with Ruthie, to your point, it's just like blind. <laughs> like, like faith that well, this kid's going to make it. I guess we trust it. you, I guess. <laughs> you watch all the other ones mess up or make it, so... Yeah. You must know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's weird because, like you said, what you've created a formula, but yet you disregard it sometimes. Yeah. Or you just, it's completely thrown out the window. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Well, and then Annie's whole thing about Ruthie in this episode is like Lucy tells her that there's this article that she read where like kids who are like funny growing up like end up being criminals. And so, like, Annie flips out about it, and, like, she's just convinced that because Ruthie is, like, kind of, like, a funny girl, like, you know, she has, like, funny ideas sometimes, that, that, like, she must always be doing something wrong. And so she's, like, really convinced that, like, Ruthie's going to become a criminal over this until Robbie points out that the article in question was written by a stand-up comedian. Yeah who was making a sarcastic sort of commentary on yeah. parenthood and whatever by, because because he backed into a cop car leaving a comedy club one day mm-hmm. and got in trouble or whatever. Which, I'm not even sure how those two things... No. Like, I'm not even sure how that's supposed to then go, oh, haha, it was all a joke about yeah. that. But anyway, like, assuming that it does for whatever reason, like... I love how Eric's like, oh, crisis averted. <laughs> like, yeah. Never mind. I guess comedians don't become criminals then. Like, what? Oh. It's just weird and dumb. It is. Um, but speaking of comedians writing essays, mm-hmm. um, I got. I have to send this to you. I have to find this somehow. Steve Martin write, um, wrote an essay, but it's basically him mocking the medical world. But like ph- pharmaceuticals, mm. but basically, if you take this pill, your side effects will be blah 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 blah. And then he talks about how to take care of your life, but <laughs> this side effect comes up. Blah, blah. Like it is, it's That's so funny. good, it's so good. I have to find this, and yeah, maybe I'll I'll like punch that in and uh, in the next episode, and I'll tell everybody to read that because it's a really good one. I f- I'm I'm feeling compelled mm-hmm. to 
take like um like an Instagram like what's those like those boomerang things of us yeah. right now? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just compelled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. So I'm gonna do it. <laughs> a boomerang of what? Though? I don't know how to do it though. Oh, I don't understand anything you can't, about you, Instagram. You can't ask me because. You know. I know, because you're not the boomerang queen. Oh, here we go. Talk about boomerang queen. and I think this is how you do it, right? No, I have no idea. So, okay, I'm going to... I have no social media anymore. A few seconds of me, and then I'm going to go like that. <laughs> well, I take a sip of my wine. Oh my God, I'm totally going to add this my unruly to wine. our Instagram story. <laughs> Fun. Okay, so we did that. <laughs> um, so okay, so that's Ruthie. That that's all. That's it for Ruthie. Yeah. This is it, basically. Okay, let's talk about Eric. Not, not gonna lie though, I did want a bite of that sandwich because when you hear the oh crunch, God, like that, like white bread with lettuce, and like that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, but that that bite, I was that sound, I was like. I can go for a sandwich right now. Yeah. But the but let's let's Ruthie's cute when she's like, well, how do you like the sandwich? Oh, it's really good. You should have seen the guy that made it. Oh my god, I know. <gasps> it's so cute. Uh, or, or just even when Robbie like gets it so that like Annie can like leave them alone in the mm-hmm. kitchen, and Ruthie's like smooth move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Like we're seeing Ruthie with her first like. Well, she she has Bert, but. Who cares oh, about I don't Bert? think she actually cares a no, shit, she, like no. a lick about Bert. No, no, no. Robbie is her, is her, if she could, she would marry Robbie. Oh my God, totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's just cute. I mean, she's made her intentions clear anyway. Even to marry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen him walk around without his shirt? <laughs> and his teeth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that boy. Oh, man. Um... So, okay, so let's talk about Eric. Fine. And knock that out, and then we can get to the main stories. So, Eric is at the hospital, and he goes into this patient's room because. I don't know. No, because <laughs> um, he was speaking to someone in the hallway, it was a nurse, and I think uh, yeah. she. I, basically, the patient in the room heard her say Reverend Camden. And so he kept saying, Reverend, Reverend. Yeah. And he and followed. So, so it's a guy that, like, Eric's never met before, no. whatever. But the guy's like, I could really use, like, God right now because mm-hmm. I was just told I have six weeks to live and, like, it's, you know, I'm not struggling or whatever. And, like, Eric takes umbrage with the notion that the doctors have given him six weeks to live. Yeah. And goes and speaks to, um, like, this other doctor person, mm-hmm. like, some authority person or whatever yeah. in the hospital. About, like, you know, where the six weeks even comes from and how do you, like, how do you feel comfortable even putting a timeline on it and all this stuff. And they have this conversation. Surely you don't believe that just because this doctor told Harold he only has six weeks to live that Harold will just comply and die within the six weeks when otherwise he might live significantly longer. That's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that. I'm sorry, too. Makes my work a lot harder. I, 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 but I don't buy this. Buy what? Which All of this. All of it. When you're telling me, like, 
that he's going to comply. Well, well, then why are you giving someone, why are you even telling them that they have six weeks? That, well, that's the whole thing. That's, yeah. that's, okay. Eric's coming from the place of like, if you tell someone they've got six weeks, that becomes their reality. I agree. And, and then, then everything that they do in those six weeks is leading them towards their demise. Mm -hmm. And the doctor is saying, okay, when someone is, when someone's prognosis is as grim as six weeks, we're not talking six years, we're talking six weeks. The right thing to do is to tell that person to get their affairs in order, to, you know, wrap anything up. They got to wrap up. And I honestly don't know who, to, like, I don't know which, who's right here. I don't think, and I don't know if anybody is right. The doctor's supposed to give you what they get. Everything is black and white for them. Just like, what did Doc say? Yeah. I don't Be, know. <laughs> stay, what did he say? Stay to awake, you? stay observant, oh, stay right. removed. So if, if that's the case, they observe the situation, they understand it, and they have to give it to you, right? Mm -hmm. But for as a doctor, okay, yeah, stay removed. I understand. Because could you imagine if you cared about oh, every God, single yeah. patient, you would have no energy. Yeah. You would have nothing to give to any patient or for give sure. a shit. Um, not talking about, you know, we all know what doctors are like, but that's besides <laughs> the point. But, <laughs> but again, like, we also have to understand the human condition. When you're telling someone that they have an expiration date, how are they not going to focus on that? Yeah. We, we Naturally, we will. But for both of them to be obtuse about this That's is weird. Thing. That's the thing that pissed me off was like, was like Eric's just complete like, like, like all of a sudden he's just going to like discount medicine and like yeah. have, have, have a problem with how doctors do their job. Like, like I, I was struggling with Eric's like complete, just like, how dare you tell someone their prognosis at, like attitude, you yeah. know? I, even though I kind of believe that he's right. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, what I, I mean? know like, it was I, like, I hear you. And then, you know, also too, like last year I, I saw my aunt, go through the cancer spiel, you know, or not the spiel, but like that whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. And like hers was of course just one of those cases that you always hear about that it was like they caught it and it was too late and she just deteriorated and then within a few months it was over, you know, like yeah. what can you do? But um but they they never really gave her a prognosis like that. Like they mm. never told her at least Okay, I wasn't there, but like from what I've heard and you know, like everything, I don't know that we ever got like a like a date, you know, mm. on it. Like I think it was just like they like they they found it. She opted for treatment and they tried, and then things got out of control. It spread too fast, blah blah blah, and then it, like it was literally it was over before it could even begin. Again. That's how fast it went. So I don't even think we got to the point of a prognosis. But I just keep thinking about like seeing my aunt in that hospital bed, like literally just deteriorating. Yeah. And, and like in her weakened state where she could, where she was like coming in and out of consciousness and barely able to like function, like, like imploring her mom to just like, just like, let's just go home. Yeah. You know? Like I, she just wants to be home because like, what, what's even the point of being at the hospital yeah. anymore? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and, and just like, like, thinking about that and how this guy 
this patient person, yeah. like, who's been given six weeks or whatever. Like, um, like when Doc's, when Doc comes in to talk to him and is like, do you have some place to be? And the guy's like, well, I have my apartment, but it's not like a palace. And he's yeah. like, I'm sure it's better than this place. Yeah. And it's not like you can't come back here if you really need to be here. Yeah. So, like, let's get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you know? And let's go get a pizza <laughs> because let's make the most of life. Whether it's six weeks, six months, six years, 6,000 years, let's make the most of life. Exactly. I totally believe that. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. I don't know. Doc's pretty cool, man. <laughs> when I think about it, <laughs> like, yeah. like I think I think everybody needs a doc in their lives. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I believe that. It helps put things in perspective, or not helps put things, but like like somebody who can see the bigger picture yeah. and can help you put things into perspective and can and can hit, like speak to you and like hit those notes of mm-hmm. like, oh wow, like I needed to hear that. You know, there's this one book whenever. When, um, what's his name? When Matt calls uh, Doc the holy man, mm-hmm. there's a book called The Holy Man. Oh, really? I read this like years ago. It's a short read, but it's, but it's good. And it's really, I, I think it gets the message out there in a, I don't know how many pages. I think it's like 140 pages, maybe even less. Oh, nice. And it's not like a, it's not a full blown like textbook or anything like that. Not that size. It's, it's so tiny, <laughs> but it's nicely done like the best story or no there's a thousand stories in there whatever but one of my favorites is there's this man that has issues with his anger Mm. and he doesn't know how to deal with it and so he goes to see this holy man and he says i'm here to see the holy man and he goes okay and so the man opens the door like he says it's him and he says come on in and then he leads him out to the back door and he said okay you're done and he goes (laughs) what he goes you said you wanted to see the holy man, and you did. And he closes the door, and he yells, and oh, he's wow. pissed at life. But what happens to him, he's in the mountains. So when he yells, he hears his own angry echo come back to him. So that's how he understands this is his anger, and he addressed it. Wow. So that's the story. But like this, but it, you're reading multiple stories like this, mm-hmm. and it's nicely done. And they're done. all like driving to this point. Yeah. yeah. And I like things like that. Yeah. I like books like that. Exactly. And collections. But, but like the that. whole point was, in the end, what you're supposed to get is, you have the holy man inside of you. You just have to get in touch with it. Right. That's the idea. Right. And so, but it's it's so good. Because it's so simple, there's no poetry, no confusion, it's straightforward, and you understand exactly what the message is. Yeah. And so that's what I felt like Doc was totally. throughout this. Totally. Thing. And and I gotta tell you, it's I think it was a big moment of I, I don't know about growth, but like it was like a significant moment when Eric hears about Doc yeah. and realizes like, oh, He's he's what my patient not my patient but like what he's what that patient needs yeah because because the patient came to Eric because he's a man of God mm-hmm. and like the patient feels like he needs some sort of spiritual connection in, yeah. in whatever remaining time he has left or whatever mm-hmm. but then Eric has that moment of like recognizing that that, that Doc 
has in him something to give, yeah. which will satiate that patient's need mm-hmm. for that spiritual connection or whatever, yeah. and brings them together, brings the doc with, and the patient together. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the one time in, er- in the time that we've known Eric where he's known that he's not the answer and he's yeah. like and he's like facilitated getting the answer and like stepped away from it and been yeah. like that that that's what I had to do. I didn't have to have the answers. I didn't have to have this big speech and do all these things. I just had to bring these people together. Lady J. What, did he stay awake? Did he observed and so moved? <laughs> Wait, is Eric a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just blown this story wide open, folks. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh my god. So good. Uh, but this episode's still a two, guys. Oh, I stand by my two. Yeah, like this conversation that she and I are having, it has nothing to do with this episode was so good or like it. No. 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 It's no. it's really and I'm not. Tell you, and it's I'm, cheesy as fuck. And when we get to it, I'll tell you exactly where this episode won its two points. But we're not there yet. Okay, but can <laughs> we talk about when Eric looks up at the end of the screen? He looks up to God. At and the I end went, of the screen? And it, well, whatever. The last shot, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, you have to give I me know, that. I was just waiting for him to, like, mouth thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank God he didn't. Or, like, amen. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. <laughs> I'm just glad that part didn't happen. But, again, oh. but yeah, he pretty much does everything but that. Um, okay, so let's talk about Simon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, or should I say Sasha? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not even about It's really about more like the Sasha story in this episode. Um, so uh, Simon wants to break up with Sasha because he realizes that she's kind of just like vapid and they have nothing in common. And she's like a big dumb dodo. And so he wants advice on how to do it. But the only person available is Lucy. Yeah. And Lucy's only advice is like, just be nice, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he can't tell the truth because that wouldn't be very nice. So, um, so kind of sort of the way it all plays out is like Simon gets Annie to say that she doesn't let him go out with her anymore so that yeah. he doesn't have to like lie about it. He mm-hmm. could like tell her that and it'd be truth and it'd be the truth, but like also it's a way out for him. Yeah. So so he does and she doesn't want to buy it. So she goes out the front door and comes in the back door yeah. and sits down with with Annie and they start having this conversation and it's I yeah. <laughs> He's very mature and I'm very immature. Well, I don't think that's a good combination, a mature 15-year-old and an immature 18-year-old. I'm just not comfortable with the age difference. Uh, I know it doesn't bother you and Simon, but it bothers me. It does. A lot. But we're not doing anything wrong. But I get the impression you want to do something wrong. I'm not sure what you mean. Did you make it clear to Simon that you were available to be intimate? Yes. If that means I told him we could have sex, should I have surprised him? I honestly really like him, and I want him to like me. But I don't think having sex with him is going to make him like you. I know you haven't dated in a long time. Well, yes, it's been a long, long time. But guys really like a girl to be 
intimate, as you said. No, they don't. Oh, yeah, they do. Maybe they didn't like that kind of thing when you were in high school, but they do now. They expect it. Oh, honey, you need to talk to your mother about this, about sex, about your approach to relationships. She's the one who told me. <laughs> mm. What a fucking hot mess Sasha is. Yeah. I really feel bad for her, I do. Yeah. She's just a hot mess. And so Annie spends the rest of the episode, like, talking to her and, like, enlightening her about, like, being a woman in this world and, like, you know, having a successful relationship and blah, blah, blah. Although we never see any of that. All we see, all we see after this scene is Sasha telling Annie about the time that she and presumably Simon, mm -hmm. although we never really know who she's yeah. doing this with, but like I'm gonna guess Simon breathed through each other's noses. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, I she yeah she explains it somehow. I, I think I just tuned they, out they, the, the, the they explanation. They locked lips and opened their mouths. And then they block their throats with their tongues and then get and then breathe through each other's noses, I guess. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, but the worst is when Eric comes home and kisses Annie and she says, oh, something we need to try. <laughs> what? It's pretty gross. Yeah. Thinking about Eric and Annie doing that? No. No, thank no. you. I'm already, like, disgusted when they try to get it on, no, let alone I know. now. Let alone seeing them, like... Ew, no. I just, don't even, no. I don't I even like even them kissing. I, I don't know. even like them kissing. It's Whether gross. it's like a peck, because I can hear everything. <gasps> it's gross. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so after all of that, like, talking with Annie and everything, Sasha just, like, comes out of it and finds Simon. I've been a fool. I've been going out with you because you're non-threatening. Non-threatening? I learned it from your mother. She helped me realize that it was easy to go out with you because you weren't going to pressure me for sex. But I still thought that you would want to have sex, so I was kind of offering you the very thing that I didn't want, so that I wouldn't have to go out with guys my own age who would want the same thing that I was offering you. Basically, breaks up with him. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Whenever he calls her vapid, basically she delivered the exact same line to him. Well, yeah, because she says, like... She says, I should be going out with people my own age. And he's like, why? And she goes, well, we have more in common and we don't have to talk about nothing all day. Yeah. <laughs> and so it basically is like, just goes to show Simon, like, just be honest and be real. Because guess what? Like, everyone's in the same boat. Like, if, yeah. it's, a real, if it's a real thing, it's going to be mutual. It's going to mm -hmm. be understandable. You're not going to hurt anybody if it's a real thing. And, yeah. it, and it's ending on its own natural course or whatever. Um, so that's that. <laughs> that's yeah, it. that's it. But the beauty is that it leads mm -hmm. to a revelation mm -hmm. between Mike and Lucy. Yes, it does. Which, I don't know how you felt about it, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How I, I still don't know how I feel about it. Well, okay, so... Guys, they're both on the rebound, okay? Yeah. So Mike Mike basically admits that like he's kind of been hanging around because he maybe has feelings for her 
And that he and Elena are no longer together because yeah. they went out a couple times, but then other guys started asking her out, and she's not into that. Or he's not into that because he wants a relationship. And Lucy then comes clean and says that, like, he, she fell hard for Jeremy, and so she's not ready for a relationship. And so yeah. they're both on the rebound. But then Mike's like... I'm also here because I still have feelings for you. And yet, I know that you still don't have those kind of feelings for me. So, I really shouldn't be here. Wait. That works for me. <laughs> How does that work for you? Well, I have mixed feelings, too. Well, I don't think you should be here because I don't like you the way you like me. But I like having you around, and I wish I could like you the same way you like me. Okay. Just so we're clear. I love it. I love it that these two, like, can just be, like... Communicate? Yeah. And just, like, super honest and real with each other. Like, Lucy's, like, flat out, I don't have feelings for you, but, like, I wish I did because I like the attention that you're giving me. Yeah. <laughs> flat out. And he's like, he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to keep giving you attention because I really like you. Although, fuck you, Mike, because you're the one that caused all of the drama in the first exactly. place. Exactly. By gaslighting Lucy to begin with. But, like, putting that aside because she got Jeremy out of it and, like, holler to Jeremy. Apparently he's coming back. <laughs> I know, I'm so excited. And guess what? He's in the next episode. <laughs> I didn't get excited about Seventh Heaven. No! <laughs> but I kind of did because I just want to see what happens with Jeremy. I want to see what happens with him. With, with Guys, this show still sucks for me. It's okay. <gasps> oh, because, but, okay, but, like, now that she and Mike have, like, had this conversation, mm -hmm. imagine, like, Jeremy comes back and, like, he and Mike have to duke it out over Lucy. That's, mm, oh. Ooh. Okay, I, I have something to um, confess. Every time we say the name Jeremy, I went to school with someone, well, when I studied abroad, there was this guy, his name was Jeremy, and there was this horrible joke about him, and, well, it's not horrible, but... We, you know, everybody Skyped, right? So, <laughs> what? He, everybody Skyped, and everybody oh, like would. At that time? Yeah, and so everybody would overhear someone's conversation with someone's mother or father right, or whatever. Right, right, right. And I, uh, I believe Jeremy is from Texas, but I think. Fuck, I can't even remember what part, but anyways. Shout out Jeremy in Texas if you're listening. But <laughs> one time, <laughs> and, it, and it was a few of our. It was one of. Um, some guy from my class that overheard this, mm -hmm. like from my school, overheard this, and he just came to one of our classes and and repeated what his mother said, and it was just that accent where it, she, she's trying to get Jeremy's attention, and it came out as Jeremy. <laughs> and so every time you're saying Jeremy, I want to yell out Jeremy. <laughs> but I now can't. I'm gonna do that. Oh, please do, because it, it'll bring so much joy. But, like, Jeremy, every time... No, this is Jeremy doing his mother's accent for you? Is that no, no, this is the mother's accent. Oh. And, like, the guy from my class overheard it, and he would walk in, he goes, Dude, I heard the funniest thing. I heard Jeremy's mom yell out for Jeremy, going, Jeremy? So we would always call out for Jeremy so in funny. that accent. And he was just like, oh, you guys are so funny. That's so funny. So, yeah, I just, his, his face comes out, like, it's just like, I just see his face every time you say Jeremy, and I can't fall in love with this character, Jeremy, because I see someone else. <laughs> Wait, but you, so you're not in love with Jeremy? Oh, I like him. I think he's a, I, I like him a lot, and I think he's great, but 
guess what? They always bring me some guy I that know. I like, and he's I great. I mean, like, remember when I loved Jordan? Yes, yeah. once upon a time it was Jordan. Once upon a time it was Mike. And then now, I don't know, is it still Mike? Once upon a time for Mary was that guy that was only in one episode that I fell in love with and wanted her to marry. Oh, Richard? Yeah, Richard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the guy that, like... The football oh, prom homecoming asker-outer person. Yeah, man, what happened to that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man! <laughs> See, this, oh my is, gosh. this is what I don't like about 7th Heaven. Don't bring me someone that I can put maybe an egg into that basket and then say bye. And then just take the basket away. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I don't have any more eggs. And there's no more baskets to put them in. Seriously. <laughs> you bastards. You did it with Matt. You're you doing basket it with basket bastards. <laughs> Please don't do it with Ruthie and Simon. Oh, they're gonna do it with Simon, aren't they? I mean, they well, have they already been. have with Dana. They, yeah, they have Dana. Been. Dana. No, that no. <laughs> oh, I'm just remembering that you weren't even there for what I'm laughing about. No. Have I told this story in the podcast before? Oh, now tell. There me. was a music festival tell in all Pasadena. Of us. <laughs> Here I go. There was a music festival in Pasadena uh, this summer, and um, I don't I don't even remember which band it was that we were listening to, but. It was a band that had like a female singer, like frontman mm-hmm. person, and um, so we're like rocking out or like you know listening to her and stuff. And then she, like in between songs, she would like say a little something, and she talked about how she grew up in Pasadena or in South Pasadena or something like that. And then she just decided to shout out Dina. Oh. <laughs> She was like, I grew up in South Pasadena, Dana. Okay. <laughs> and we lost our minds. And and because I like I lived in Los Angeles my whole life and I've no Pasadena and no one calls it Dina. <laughs> like nobody calls it yeah, Dina. Yeah, I've never heard that. And and so now we call it the Dina. Like <laughs> That's funny. Cuz it's too funny. But I whenever you said here I go in my head, I was already thinking, here I go again. I'm like, oh, I was thinking, here I go, here yeah. I go, here I go again. See, <laughs> when your mind is at, like, you're just a natural ADD. Like, it's, Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's bad. I know. I'm surprised we can stay focused, even for five minutes. Granted, we've been on tangent, but it's all good. Lately, though, I feel like we've been keeping the tangents to a minimum. Not tonight. I'm pretty proud of ourselves. <laughs> proud of us. I'm proud of you. Proud of you too. Um, Wait, yeah. did we get everybody? I feel like we did. Because Robbie doesn't have a story. He was just in line with Ruthie, Simon, and Sa- Sasha. Yeah, Lucy uh, and Mike, Matt and Doc, Eric and. By the way, the guy that plays the patient. You know who he is? He's he's done so many things. Well, a few things. But okay. the thing that I remembered him from uh-huh. was he plays Zac Efron's dad in High School Musical. <laughs> Oh, that's what you remember him from? No, I lied. That's not even who he plays. He plays um, 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 Sharpay and Ryan's dad in High School Musical, which is Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Grabeel. And Lucas Grabeel is the Switched Up Birth, which is my new favorite show on life. Look at, look at it. Came full circle, guys. Full circle. Look at that. You guys, seriously, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, watch Switched at Birth. It is phenomenal. Yes, yeah, suck it, Seventh Heaven. Anyways, uh, but... Oh, it is... 
Switched at birth is the show Seventh Heaven wishes it was. No. <laughs> I, I believe you. 100%. <laughs> Any other stray observations? Uh, can we talk about how Sasha's mom ends up showing up oh, at the Camden yeah. house? Because Annie, again, is authority <laughs> on how to be a mom. It's true. And she shows up and... She's like, oh, thanks for like talking to my daughter. Like, I don't know how you do it. I can, I can't even handle one kid or whatever. But I, I, I really hated that conversation. Me too. I'm all for Annie reaching, because we know Annie and we know Eric that if they're gonna reach out to someone, it's because they feel the need to and they want to, mm -hmm. right? Um, but this encounter just left me feeling meh. And not in a, like, not blah, but more like, I don't like this. You know, hearing her say, oh, I don't have a lot, I don't, I don't talk to a lot of mothers. I don't have a lot of friends or anything like that. But Annie's face of, I feel sorry for you, mm -hmm. bothered me. Well, that, because I didn't get the sense that Annie even invited her. I felt like she well, just showed up. Oh, uh, no, I don't know about that. I think, no, I totally think she was invited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Annie t definitely invited her, but that whole... I'm sorry for you look yeah. bothered me the most. Yeah. I'm all for Annie having this conversation, but this, huh. like, oh, you poor clueless dear. No, I, yeah, I don't like that. I know me too. Again, I struggle a lot with like, with, with anybody telling anyone else, like what kind of mother or parent to be like, I, whether they're, whether or not they're right, like is besides the point. Like, no one has that place to tell another mother or another parent like this is how you should be or just like talk about like hey your daughter is you know she, i think she needs more attention something like that yeah exactly put the focus on but again it's just that face expression that she had that bothered me yeah that's it yeah. that's my only observation on that i'm with you there so two two cool no, totally. This is such a two. It's not even funny. And mm -hmm. and now that we've talked about the whole episode, the two points it gets yes. is for the mic reveal at the end. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I give a shit about, honestly. <laughs> Everybody else can suck it. Honestly, though. Yeah. Yeah, Doc, you had some good lines, but damn, by the time you deliver them, I could have no. passed out. Yeah, I, I ultimately don't care enough about him. No, I know. I know. Like, he's cool you. and all, but, like, meh. meh. That, which is why it's so weird that he's coming back. Like, this is, like, barely enough to, like, have an episode about, like, let alone a recurring character. Like, who's he going to come back for? And about what? I have no idea. Yeah. That's really weird. We'll see. Great. It's going to be long episodes. <laughs> 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 okay, so... Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. As always, you can find us at For Heaven's Sake Pod on all the places, or send us an email at For Heaven's Sake Show at gmail.com. And until next time, where it'll be the new fucking year! Hello, 2018! So excited. Um, bye. See you later.